Hey, thanks for having me here this morning. I'm going to set a timer here. I promise to get you out of here at a different time, so give me just a second to get things set up. Um, I'm very glad to be back with you. What a beautiful day it is out there. It is awesome, and I love it. And pray with me. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to be here at Rosemont. Thank you for these folks. Thank you for their faithfulness. Bless them now. Bless me now, Lord, and let me say the words that you need me to say. Lord Jesus, let me communicate it in the way that you need me to communicate it. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, I like that thing in the back. I don't have to look down as much. Hey, um, one of the things, I want, to sh- I want to ask you a question. If I asked you a question this morning and I asked you, what was the purpose of the mission, how would you answer that question? If I said, hey, you know, many of you here have been connected with the mission a long time. If I was to ask you, just give me in a sentence, what is the purpose of the mission, what would you say to me? Not, not you guys. You're not right. <laughs> what is the purpose of the mission? Some of you guys. Okay. Half right. Let me share something with you. If I said to you the mission of the, 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 the purpose of the mission was to house the homeless and take care of the needy in the community, many of you would agree with that. In fact, I spoke the other day. Uh, at the Chamber of Commerce, and many people there agreed with me. Absolutely wrong. That's not the mission purpose. Close. Real close. Here's, here's our mission value right here. This, this, is, this is what the mission stands. This is the mission purpose right there. It was written in 1960. I was born in 1961, so you can't say Tim made this up. Okay, I wasn't even around in 1960. This was written in 1960 from day one when the mission opened in September of 1960. You know we're celebrating 60 years? We're celebrating 60 years. We're in our 60th year. Do you know most churches, most Christian organizations, by the time they hit 60 years, they're either dying or they've changed their purpose or they no longer do what they were made to do? And yet here at the mission, the best days are ahead of us. Our main, our main purpose at the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission is to go ye therefore into all the world and to make disciples, period. 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 I'm going to say it one more time. Period. I've been here now over a year. You know how many people come up to me that have been associated with the mission for over 60 years and tell me what the mission stands for, and I look at them and I say, then you must be reading something different. Because in the bylaws that I have to go by, that the board governs by, it says the mission purpose is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. So everything we do has to go under that purpose. Now, we house, and we feed, and we clothe, and we do a whole lot of other things. Those are tools. Those are bridges to reach people, to connect with people, to build relationships with people, to bring them in. They're not our purpose. We're experts at it. We're experts at housing and feeding. We, feed, we, we fed 66,000 meals last year. 66,000 meals last year were fed at the mission. Some restaurants don't even feed that much. We feed to the community three, we, we feed to the community three meals a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year. We're like the Coast Guard. When everybody shuts down, even when the mailman shuts down, the Coast Guard goes out into the ocean and rescues people. Even when the Navy won't go out and get them and the Air Force won't go out and get them and the Army don't know how to go out and get them. 
and the Marines would just fall into the sea and die, the Coast Guard goes out and rescues those people, right? We are the rescue mission. Our story is the rescue story. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You notice the word teach is said in there twice. You notice it talks about uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we should be doing at all times at the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission is as we're discipling these men. And now we have a discipleship track. Chapel's great. Don't get me wrong. Preaching the word of God, I'm all for it. But if that's all you're doing, and somebody makes a decision for Christ, and you don't follow up with discipleship, what have you done with that child? Remember, they're a babe in Christ. They made a decision for Christ. You're not plugging them into a church, or we're not, as the mission, providing discipleship for them. What do you think they're going to be in two years? Still a babe in Christ, right? Ah, well, you know, you know those drug addicts, you know those alcoholics. They ain't never going to add up to anything. You know, you know how it is. They ain't going to ever add up to anything. Well, they won't if you don't take the time to disciple and mentor them. And Jesus says right there, go ye therefore and make disciples. He doesn't say preach the word of God. And I've looked at it, that in the original Greek. It doesn't say preach the word of God. That says make disciples. How do you make disciples? It's like how you make babies, right? You have babies. I have four daughters. Great. I was at all four of their births. Exciting time. But reality hit when my first daughter was born. Our life changed forever. When my first child was born, my, life, my wife and I were married five years before we had our first child. We used to go out to restaurants, and we'd go here, and we wanted anywhere we wanted to go at any time we wanted to go, and we could go here and go there, and we had extra money. We did all these things for five years, and that first child was born, and guess what? Yeah, boy, did it change. Not only could we go out to the restaurant we want, when we did, you had to go out like you were packing to go away on a vacation. You had to have the diaper bag, and you had to have this bag, and you had to have the stroller, and you had to have all this stuff. It's like we're going to war. And if we're lucky, we got out the door with the kid changed correctly. And then you get in the restaurant and the kid throws a fit and you're sitting there and you got to hurry up eating your meal. Half the time, you don't even eat your food. Life changed. And we went from having a bank account to not having a bank account anymore. And I had four daughters, so I never had a bank account. Make disciples. See, making disciples is messy work. It's like having children and raising children. It's messy. Change diapers. They make mistakes. They don't do what you want. Sometimes they fall back, and you've got to go back and get them. See, the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission, that's our sole purpose. Warehouse, all that other stuff, that's just tools. That is not our purpose. We have a discipleship track. We had four classes done last year. So far, we have two done this year going on our third class. Never been done before. Why not? If that's our purpose, help me out. I remember coming to the mission my first few months there. I'd ask people, what's our purpose? Well, the house of homeless. Really? That's our purpose? Anybody can do that. The government can do that. 
They don't do a good job at it, but they can do it. That's what's called projects. Our job is to disciple people. We come along to church. Do you know how many people told me the mission was a church when I first came here? People who've been associated with the mission for over 60 years? Well, you're a church. No, we're not. Yeah, you are. No, we're not. We're not a church. Well, you preach the gospel. We're not a church. We're an extension of the church. We come alongside the church. We can do things that the church can't do. You have a building. Now I'm going to step on some toes. You have a building. How many hours do you spend in this building a week? Now, is that being good stewards with the building that God gave you? We have a building down here. We have several buildings. And the board will tell you. I challenge them. Why do we have some buildings sitting there empty? So now we're doing a feasibility and a cost analysis study on the two buildings next to the building that houses all the men where the store sits. We're looking at turning that into emergency family transitional housing, which there is none in Berkeley County, Jefferson County, and Morgan County. None. None. Not one. I've met with a lot of state officials. Not one. I've met with all the different nonprofit agencies. Not one. So we're looking at taking those buildings and doing that with that. We're looking at expanding our warehouse because we have a contract with the, with the Berkeley County Solid Waste where we recycle all their plastic. When I came here from California, the first thing I said, how comes we don't recycle plastic? In California, plastic's big money. Why don't we recycle plastic? Oh, there's no money in it. Well, we'll come to find out there is money in it. We were recycling cardboard. We were recycling paper. We were driving around with our trucks and vans picking up 42 pickups a day in cardboard and paper. We fill up a 53-foot van full of cardboard and paper. You know how much we get for a 53-foot van? I mean, 53-foot trailer, tractor trailer, which sits in our parking lot right now, that fills up with cardboard from top to bottom, from front to back, and paper. You know how much we get for a 53-foot trailer? $400. Do you know how much we have to pay for that to get hauled down to Halltown? $325. So why are we driving around picking up 42 pieces, uh, 42 pickups of cardboard every day? We don't do it no more. I came in and people said, well, that's the way we've always done it. We're losing money. So that's the way we always do it? How do you make disciples of people when you're not even making good decisions? Because it starts here. And so I went to the board. I gave them the facts. They said, absolutely, stop it. We stopped it. I had people call me all kinds of names. Well, you, ain't, you ain't like the last guy that was there. He'd come out and pick it up. Uh, uh, sure. And do you know this is the first year in many years, and I'm not going to go into it, that we ended up in the black, not in the red? This year, this past year, we ended up in the black by $8,000. But that's $8,000 in the black, not in the red. 
Our gas bill for our vans and trucks have gone down three quarters since we don't do these cardboard and paper runs anymore. I could fill up a box truck full of cardboard and I get maybe $10 for it. But it cost me almost $100 to fix up, to fill up the box truck with diesel fuel. Where's the? Our job is to make disciples. Disciples. We're training men to be men of God. We're also starting a literacy lab. Because as we're learning, as we're doing these discipleship classes, we're learning our men that where they're at in their level of reading, writing, and comprehension. Because for, for us to have them to understand the Bible better, we want them to also be able to have better skills in reading, writing, and comprehension, right? So we're doing that. That's part of our life skill classes. That's part of the discipleship track. See, our job is to raise up disciples. So these men can go back out in society. And here, here let, me, let me share this one to you. This is our vision. The, the, to disciple men by equipping, educating, and empowering them to be Christ-like disciples, therefore returning to the local church and community as productive members of society and vision. It is vital that we pour men back into here. We're not a church. It is vital that the men from the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission go to a church, find a local church, pour back into that church. We're raising givers, not takers. We're raising servant leaders, not takers. That's what we're doing down there. That's, that's vital. We teach, uh, our, 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 our main um, motto is hope lives here. Hope lives here because a lot of these men that come, come from broken backgrounds and broken lives. Addiction, drug addiction. Not all are addicted to, to drugs or alcohol. A lot of them just come in because they burn bridges with their family. They're hopeless, and now our job is to bring hope back. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's our motto. We believe that we first exist to glorify God and advance his kingdom. Through grace we receive and through grace we share Christ-centeredness. We teach five values at the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission, and these five values come from the bylaws that were written in 1960. All I did was look at the bylaws and said, wow, it teaches this value, it teaches this value, it teaches this value. It, I, wow, it's right here. All I did was bring it out and put it on paper. Where Christ-centered is our first value. Everything we do is Christ-centered. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 19, it says, For I know that this will turn out from my deliverance. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, as now as Christ, will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We are, everything we do at the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission is Christ-centered. Everything, even our language. These guys will tell you that are here from the mission, they'll tell you that I am not a very happy guy when I hear people cussing. In fact, I call them out. When I first came to the mission, I, I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the language that was being spoken. In fact, I moved people out of their positions. Well, you can't. I've been here for 100 years. I don't care if you've been here for 1,000 years. You can't be here anymore. Well, who are you? I'm the guy in charge. I'm going to go talk to the board. Go ahead. Here. Here's their phone number. Call them. Because I'm tired of your foul mouth. And I don't care how long you've been at the front desk. Or I don't care how long you've had a private room. You don't get it no more. See that entitlement mentality. 
That entitlement, that's not Christ-centeredness. But you know, I've been sitting in this chair for, for the last 20 years. Nobody's ever said anything to me before. Well, that's, that's, that's your problem. I'm telling you now, your foul mouth is going to stop or you can hit the bricks. Because what is our purpose? To make disciples. My purpose is not to make men comfortable that are homeless. My purpose is to make disciples. Here in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of, in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God, God abides forever. Do you know how many people, well, since I've been there, and even to this day, will walk in and say, well, you're a Christian, you're a rescue mission, you're supposed to give me this stuff. I look at him and say, huh? I don't even know you. I'm supposed to give, oh, because you're a Christian, you're a rescue mission. I had one guy one day throwing a fit like a little baby, he's 20-some years old. You're supposed to, don't you know what, it, just going off, going off. And uh, Mr. Thornton from Westview Baptist walked in, he was a donor walks in, and this guy's just stomping, and he's cussing me out. You're not a Christian. You're not, the mission's supposed to do this. The mission's supposed to do that. I said, get out, man. Hit the bricks. He left. Mr. Thornton said, wow. Was that a perfect example of entitlement? I said, he ain't the only one. You see what we've taught society? Do You see the mystique of the mission? I had a very high up person in the prison system call Patrick one day. Patrick put her on speaker. And she was telling us what our purpose was. I always love when somebody tells me what our purpose is. And they're not even near it. And Patrick said, no man, let me tell you what our purpose is. And he went on and she hung up the phone on him. This is somebody that's supposed to be real high up, educated, and supposed to have, you know, personality. But as soon as we said, no, ma'am, that's not what the mission does. Let us tell you what it does. She didn't want to hear it. She hung up the phone. That's childish. But see, that's because we haven't gotten our message out. Because I've had that happen to many people who have supported the mission over the years. I've had people cuss me out. Oh, yeah, Christian people. Well, you just made that up. No, I didn't. That was written in 1960. I wasn't even alive. I'm pointing it out. That's our purpose because we've kind of gone off rail. That's important to understand. And it goes on. And, and here's another value we highly value and intentionally serve each other. Our guests and our ministry partners leading by following Christ's example, servant leadership. I really stress. First value is Christ-centeredness. Our second value is servant leadership. We stress this over and over again. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant, Matthew 20, 26. So important. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, Philippians 2, 3 through 4. We teach servant leadership to our men. Every one of our men, whatever position they're in, their job is to serve is to serve. 
I don't care if it's your first day at the rescue mission, it's your first time doing something, it's to serve. That's, that's vital, servant leadership. You're not there as a taker. That's why you see when uh, people pull up at the recycling center, our guys come out, how may I help you? Uh, you, you come into the, to the mission at the front desk as you walk in, how may I help you? You know, what can I do for you today? We have coffee 24-7. I came there, they didn't even serve coffee. I came there last year, January 17th, it was freezing. Snow on the ground, it was like 20 degrees out. And I came and I, first day, I came. Very few people knew who I was, I walked in. I said, where's coffee? Well, we're not allowed to have coffee. You're not allowed to have coffee, but you're going to send six guys out to the warehouse where it's below freezing, and you're not going to have coffee available? What, are you nuts or something? What, no coffee? Well, well, we were told we couldn't have any coffee. Why not? Well, we were told that uh, we, we abused the system. So what? Did somebody teach you not how to abuse the system? Remember discipleship? When I, I have two grandchildren right now staying at my house because my daughter, husband, is in special forces training in Coronado, and then they get shipped back overseas for another three years. So she and the kids are staying with us, which is great. But my two little grandchildren, they're babies. They make a lot of mistakes. So every day I have to teach my one child, and and please don't do that. Here, let, let, let Pappy show you how to do this. Nobody said to these guys, okay, if you ruin the coffee machine, this is what you do. So Patrick and I came up with what? A job description for coffee receptionist person. We have a person that takes care of the coffee. Make sure the coffee's done. Make sure the coffee's on 24-7. Make sure it's done right. Make sure it's cleaned up, swept up, all that stuff. They said, you, well, you'll never have enough coffee. Coffee. I said, no, Patrick, get on Facebook. We got tons of coffee. Doug will tell you. We get coffee all the time coming in, all the time. Coffee, cream, and sugar. Because the people like yourself are constantly blessing us. But remember, they were told they couldn't. They were told they weren't allowed because they misused it. Well, did anybody ever tell them how to do it? We have training sessions now where we pull in the teams, housekeeping, uh, front desk, warehouse, kitchen, sorting room, the thrift store. We have training sessions where we pull them in at least once a month, if not sometimes twice a month. We pull these teams in and we say, this is how you do things. This is what we expect from you. Here is our values. Here's what we do. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you correct this mistake. Here's how you do it. That's what discipleship is all about. You come alongside someone and get them there. That's what church should be all about. All, all, five of these, all five of these things that I'm sharing with you here, you can apply to your own life, you can apply to church. Another one is transformation. We invest in spiritual personnel, personal and professional development of one another, restoring and equipping each other for intentional living, transformation. Transformation is so important. It comes out of Romans chapter 12, verses 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. Here's important. When you receive Jesus Christ and the Lord and Savior in your heart, that's one thing. But your mind and your language needs to change, your reaction. A lot of our men react in anger. So when they're challenged, they react in anger. Okay? One of the thing about transformation of your mind, and that's why the discipleship classes are important. Our classes go from minimum two Two hours at the longest, three hours. We have a class that goes on Monday morning and runs for three hours. We have a class that just finished up on Saturday it runs for two hours. Because we want to disciple these guys. Our job is to transform their thinking, to transform their response. Most men that are in situation at the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission, when they're challenged or when they're offended, they respond in anger. They respond in violence. Or they start screaming and yelling at each other. We're training men not to get so offended, but respond in 
I'm sorry. What did you say to me again? I misunderstood you. Help me out. And it's hard because we have to show that same skill to them on every day. During a day that doesn't go by that I'm not challenged by people calling me all kinds of names and doing all kinds of things. Transformation, I'm going to ask you this. How many of you have been transformed? Because if you've been transformed, your thinking shouldn't be stinking. Here's what most church people do nowadays, especially if the church is over 60 years old. Three things they talk about. How things used to be, how things ought to be, and what they're not going to do. Is that transformation? And we call ourselves Christians. If the world is seeing us not transformed, how in the world do you get that message across to the unsaved to be transformed? It's scriptural. In fact, the whole book of Philippians and Ephesians is talking about your mind and your behavior and your reaction. And no matter how old you are, how you need to live your life. As though Christ is coming back tomorrow. Are you ready? One of the things that I teach the men at the Marsburg Union Restoration, what do they always say to me? And they don't say it much anymore. What was those words I used to hear all the time? Well, that's the way we always done it. Do you know how many people I have relieved from their leadership position when they said it to me? Well, that's the way we've always done it, Tim. Oh, really? You know what that says to me when somebody says that? I understand that's the way it's always been done, but is it done right? See, when somebody says that, that what they're saying is, well, I'm comfortable the way it is, because if I've got to change my ways, I've got to be uncomfortable, and I've got to make an effort now. I was trained in the military. Doug, you understand this. They hand you a wrench and they say, fix the Jeep. That's all you got is a wrench. You fix it. You adapt. You find things out. You do things that you never did before. You fix it. I hear this all the time. Well, we don't have this and we don't have that. I say, okay, do you know that we're more productive now in the warehouse than in years? And on average day, I only have three men in the warehouse. Do you know we unload by hand a 53-foot truck full of plastic from the front to the back to the top to the bottom? And do you know that we now receive more cardboard delivered to us than we did picking it up? But remember, that's not the way we always did it. I'm teaching the men that your most valuable resource is you and your time, how you use that and how you look at a, pro and how you look at a situation and overcome it, and the time that you put into it can make all the difference in the world. The kitchen, the same thing. When I told them, We're gonna, we've done this many meals, we can, we can do more, they looked at me and they said, well, how? We've never done it that way before. You know, most days in the kitchen, we're lucky if we got two people 
one that's actually doing the cooking and one that's in the pit, cleaning. And yet we put 66,000 meals out last year. Another thing we do here at the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission is stewardship. We're responsible for the time, talents, and treasures entrusted to us by God and our ministry partners to strive to maximize the impact of these resources, stewardship. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 1 Peter 4.10. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in the joy of the Lord. Matthew 25.21. So we're Christ-centered. We're... Um, Servant leader, we're transformational, we're stewardship, and the last one is excellence. We strive to provide excellent service, achieve results, impact our community, and be innovative and collaborative in our approach excellence. Yes, excellence is in the Bible. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich, Proverbs 10.4. A lot of these guys that come into the mission haven't worked in years. Many of them haven't had jobs. You know right now we have what we call an employment program. That's part, that's, we have... We have what we call a guest program and four, rehabil four rehabilitation programs. One of them is in our employment program. Do you know we have 14 men right now that have full-time jobs on the outside? They get to stay at the dorm, a dorm, which is half and a half dorm. They get to work a job on the outside. We have uh, people that work at Procter & Gamble. I think we have six guys that work at Procter & Gamble. Yes, they work at Procter & Gamble. They make $18.25, $18.25 an hour, and they get full medical benefits. I don't even have medical benefits. They get more than what I get. We have people that work at Cracker Barrel. We have people that work at Golden Corral, Max, and a bunch of other places I can't even name, Ruby's Tuesdays, and on and on. We have people actually working full-time jobs outside the mission, and last month we even had more. I think we had 20. Each month our job is to take that man and turn him into the disciple of Christ. He who becomes... He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. All the men that are working at the mission every day and the different functions that they work in, we go by that. Because if you take men and stand them around and do nothing, they'll get in trouble. Men are defined by what? Their job. When a man comes up to another man and shakes their hand and say, what do you do for a living? That's the first thing most men will say to each other. Right? Women come to women and they shake hands, how you doing? And they start talking about like feelings and kids and all that stuff. We don't talk about our kids. Very seldom we talk, well, another man, oh yeah, shake your hand. How many kids you got? I got four. How many kids you got? I got five. Nobody talk, no man talks like that. We get down to that somewhere down the road, but we don't say that. What are the first thing we say to each other? What do you do for a living? Where do you work at? It's so important that we understand that that's important, that excellence. We do that for a reason. And there. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will put to forced labor. Proverbs 12, 24. I believe in that. Because as a country, that's where we're going. You want to worry about socialism? The reason why we have it is because of entitlism. Let me say that one more time. Your generation, and I hear it all the time, you whine and complain, oh, this generation is taking us to socialism. Remember, the person who's doing it is your age. Not my age. And you know why he's doing it? Because he's smart. Because socialism leads to communism. I've been to Venezuela many a times. 
I was there when they were prosperous and they were a capital, capitalist country and democracy, and I've seen them now turn to communism, where people now are starving to death. They're eating their animals because they can't get decent food. You know why? Because of entitlement. Everybody's entitled to something. Where in the Bible does it say that? I'm a veteran. And I'll tell you, in this country, we have established an entitlement with veterans. And that's wrong. Because I volunteered. Nobody put a gun to my head to join. I volunteered. Just like when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I volunteered. And when I hear people in the church say, well, I'm old enough now, I've done all that, let the young people do it. Really? You're not dead yet. How old was Moses when God called him to do one of the most miraculous things in the world, in history? How old was Moses? 80. How old was Abraham? Oh, Lord, I don't want to have a kid that old. How old was Sarah? Can you imagine that, ladies? When God is done with you, he's done with you. You'll be dead and standing in face-to-face in glory. See, that's in the, that's, that entitlement is evil. That entitlement is sin. You think you've arrived. You haven't arrived That's why the lazy man will be forced into labor because once it's controlled and taken over, they can make you do whatever you want, whatever they want. But if you're diligent, that's why countries like communism hates Christianity. You know why they hate Christianity? And I've been to many of them. I've been to 36 or 38 different countries. You know why they hate Christianity? Because Christianity teaches freedom. Christianity teaches that you have direct relationship with God. I don't have to go through some state or some denomination or some other man or some made-up government. I have direct, direct relationship with God. That frees me from this world. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established, Proverbs 16, 13. Finally, my brethren, in Philippians 4, 8, one of the things we do at the Martinsburg Rescue Mission, Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission, is that we make disciples for Jesus Christ. Everything else we do are bridges. Everything else we do are bridges. And we do a lot of them really good. We're not perfect. And every day, we evaluate ourselves. Every day, that's why we have training Every month we have training. We go into that training and say, okay, what did we do that we could do better this time? The ladies' auxiliary, we have a blast when we go in there. I go in with the ladies and I have a wonderful time with them. And I even challenge them, whatever you do going forward, put it under this, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Whatever we do going forward should be for that. Thank you and let me, and thank you so much for letting me have I'm about 35 minutes. God bless you. Thank you. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we were able to come here today. And thank you for the opportunity of sharing what the missions 
mission is with these folks here that love and have supported the Martinsburg Union Rescue Mission for over 60 years. God bless them. God bless them as they go forward. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.